Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Design Club podcast. I am very excited about today's episode because we are doing a very big Q&A. I asked you guys on Instagram to send me over some questions that you have, if it's for design or business, productivity, or just anything you wanted to basically ask me. And you guys really did ask me some questions. I'm very excited. They are a lot. I'm not sure if I'm going to answer all of them, but they're all very cool and juicy and very interesting. So without further ado, let's grab a coffee, some snacks and let's get into it. Okay, the very first question is, did you quit a job to start the business? Did you feel insecure to have no clients and no money? Well, I actually did not quit. I actually got fired from my job. Um, if you didn't listen to my very first episode, that's basically where I kind of briefly talk about my story of how I actually became a brand designer and business owner. But let me just quickly recap. I lost my two jobs in Germany due to COVID. And then I moved to Cyprus, which is basically yeah, a completely new country, new life. And I got a job at a small company. And yeah, after six months, they fired me. Um, I'm not really sure exactly why, to be honest, but whatever. Uh, after that, I basically was like, okay, I'm never gonna work for someone again. I want to work for myself. I want to start my own business. And that's how I actually got into this whole design and business thing. But yeah, when I started my business, I did not have any clients. I did not have any experience. I did not have any other job. I was really completely jumping into this you know, business thing without having any, any idea. But I was spending hours and hours learning, studying, and I had this dream and I had this goal that I wanted to make it work. So I really, really put in those hours. And I mean, I think it paid off. So yeah. Did I feel insecure? Not really, because I knew I was putting in the hours of work. So I felt actually pretty confident that I could do it, but I just had to be quite patient because obviously it's not gonna just, you know, happen overnight. Do you get imposter syndrome? I get this question asked quite a lot and I always see other people talk about it. And of course, we all get these feelings of, you know, sometimes not feeling good enough or sometimes, you know, thinking like, who am I to have this business or whatever. But honestly, like having imposter syndrome has never really happened to me I guess because and I don't want to sound weird at all or cocky or whatever but I I just feel like we have you know so much power over what we think and what we feel and I don't ever want to think any negativity you know if I feel any negativity or sadness or I'm doubting myself I just try to focus on why I'm feeling it you know maybe maybe I'm not putting in enough work or maybe I'm going in the wrong direction or I don't know I always just try to analyze why I feel the feelings I'm feeling and try to put it you know into something positive or reflect on it I never want to sit there for days and think oh, I'm not good enough I'm I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing or any negativity like this so I really try to avoid you know putting myself down and talking negative to myself if that makes sense I hope I answered this question but yeah do I feel imposter syndrome I guess sometimes but I really try to just focus on the good things and never talk bad about myself how do you deal with client feedback that may be damaging to their own design this is something I'm dealing with right now actually which is kind of funny um, this is a really tricky question to be honest because 
we as the designers, we are the experts. You know, we know exactly what's right for the brand. And of course, we always want to make sure to talk with our client and make sure we're on the same page and really try to understand, you know, what their vision is and where they're coming from. And if they're coming to you with something that's so, you know, just so wrong, I would, of course, always, always share my opinion. and And I would always say, hey, this is what, you know, we came up with. This is the creative direction we decided on. This is the brand strategy. You know, we want to hit those specific goals. And I feel like that these design decisions wouldn't be smart for our goals. You know, that's what I would tell them. But, you know, at the end of the day, your client has to be happy. Your client has to be satisfied with the outcome, with your service. So if this is what they really want and you really talked to them about it, you shared your opinion as the expert, you had very open conversations. And but, you know, if they're still so sure that that's exactly what they want, even though you're telling them it's not right, You just have to do it. As the designer, I just do it and I'm like, okay, we go into the direction you want, you know, no matter what, like if you're happy, that's great. Um, This is what I do. I don't know what other people do, but yeah. And it works for me. I mean, do I want to share the project afterwards? Maybe not because I'm personally not proud of it. But if my client is happy, then I guess I'm happy as well. (laughs) This is a good one. Describe your first client call experience. (laughs) Wow, this is like almost two years ago now. I think it's crazy to think about that. But yeah, my very first client call, I was super, super nervous. Um, She was from America and I am from Germany. So English is not my first language, which is not really a big deal. I mean, I can speak English quite confidently, but, you know, when you're nervous and I don't know, like you, you start to stutter and I was just making up all these scenarios that that could go wrong and I was freaking myself out and I also thought about you know what questions she could ask for example you know where did you study I didn't study design I'm completely self-taught and I always limited myself on that I mean now I don't anymore but at the beginning I thought you know who wants to work with me if I didn't study this or you know what if she's gonna ask how many clients have you had and I had zero clients like I thought that she would hang up and she would be like who is this girl, you know, trying to sell me her services. But I always told myself that I'm going to be so freaking confident that they won't even question my skills or question anything I'm doing. You know, I wanted to seem as the expert, as a professional from day one. And even though I was completely faking it, like I was so nervous on the inside, but on the outside, I really showed myself as the expert as I'm, you know, I'm knowing exactly what I'm doing. Um, at the end of the day, I didn't get her as my client, um, but it was my very first experience and I learned a lot from it. I realized that, you know, being confident, even though if it's just faking it, but being confident and showing yourself as, you know, an expert and really focusing on the values you're giving them and who you are as a person is just key to successfully having those client conversations. And my favorite, favorite motto in general in life is act confident and no one will question you. And no matter what situation I'm in, I always try to tell myself this quote and honestly it really works so just have some kind of affirmations that you always tell yourself and you actually start to believe it. So that's a win. 
How did you create your design process? That's also a really good question because I feel like at the beginning I was totally, totally, I wouldn't say copying, but I was totally mimicking other designers. I would watch YouTube videos, I would watch reels and, you know, see what they're doing. And I was like, ah, okay, that's what designers are doing. So I have to do it as well. But that's so wrong because I was also here limiting myself so much to beliefs that weren't true, for example. <laughs> I thought that because I saw other designers always designing and creating patterns for brands, so I always thought every brand needs a pattern. They don't. Not every brand needs a pattern. Not every brand needs five or four different logo variations because every brand and every project is so different and individual And you never have to limit yourself to these are the deliverables and this is what I have to do because you don't, you know, it's so diverse. And basically, you know, I had a few clients, I, you know, designed every day new passion projects. And I think over time, I just figured out what works best for me. For example, other designers, you know, do the logo first and then the color palette. But for example, for me, it works better if I have the color palette first and I kind of base off the logo and the branding from the color palette that I have. This is just something that works personally for me the best. Um, I think this is just, you know, a thing that you develop over time and it's so individual. So, so never just take what someone else is doing and do it yourself because you might work so much differently. So just try a lot of processes out to see what works for you and to see what, you know, brings you the most joy. What are your top three typefaces? These obviously kind of change over time, <laughs> um, but right now, I think there have been for some months actually, because they're also my brand fonts. So top threes are Apfel Grotesque, this is my absolute favorite, Editorial New and Anonymous Pro. I don't know why, but these three just give me a vibe and I use them for everything, for my social media, for my website, for everything. And I have used them for months, so I really enjoy them. <laughs> What's the biggest barrier you faced so far as a designer? And I think I've kind of touched on it before, but I always really struggled with, you know, not having studied design because there are so many other designers out there. They're so incredible and they have studied design. And sometimes I was, you know, at the beginning telling myself, how can I call myself a designer if I haven't studied this? Like the other designers are going to think, who is this girl? Like, you know, trying to sell her design services when she hasn't studied this. So at the beginning, I was really struggling with this. But, you know, over time, I really, really learned my skills. I perfected my skills. I learned new skills every day. And I'm so passionate and so obsessed with design and with this whole community and this whole design world that one day I was just like, you know, I'm a part of it now. So I just try to let go of this negative and wrong belief that I shouldn't be a designer just because I haven't studied it, you know? What keeps you motivated when you aren't feeling very inspired? Hmm, that's a good question. I always, always motivate myself when I think about the goals I have and the dreams I have. And I think the biggest, biggest, biggest motivator and inspirer is that I want to have a family. Like my biggest goal in life is to be a mom. And when I think about that, I get so emotional and so, I don't know, my heart is just filled with so much love and warmth because, yeah, I want that so much, like later on, of course, not now, <laughs> later on, 
But yeah, if I ever feel like not working or questioning myself or, or the business, I always just think about how much I want a family and how much I want to support my family. I want to give my children the best life that I can. So now I'm really, really working so hard every day to, you know, later on have a good family life. Maybe I don't have to work anymore later on. So this is always in the back of my mind and this is my biggest motivator every day. How to speak confidently about pricing and depositing a payment before starting a project? That's a good question. And I love that you say how to say it confidently because that's the key, obviously, to say it confidently. Um, so let's talk about it. The first thing is that I never share any prices beforehand on my website or on my social media, whatever. I never share any prices because I want my client, you know, to get to know me before. I want them to see my personality. I want to see their personality. I want to see how well we get along. And then, of course, I tell them about the process, about how we approach projects here at the studio. And I always want to make sure to speak about the values I'm giving them, about the goals we are hitting with working together and never just say, when you're working with me, you will get a logo, you will get this and that because you're giving them so much more than just the deliverables. And this is what I always try to tell them. And usually at the end, I ask them a specific question. So at the end of our call, because I always make sure to have calls before I even start a project. And at the end of every call, I always ask them, how much are you willing to invest? I never ask the question, you know, what's your budget or, you know, how much money do you have or something like this. I always try to rephrase sentences that it's not a negative because, I mean, asking how much is your budget is obviously not negative. But if you say, how much are you willing to invest? It kind of tells them secretly that ah, it's an investment. I will get the money back, you know? So I always ask them this question. And then afterwards, I send them a project proposal where I tell them everything that's included in the project. So the timeline, the investment, the payment plan, the approach of the project so they can really read through everything and then basically make their decision. But yeah, I think it's all about, you know, not just selling your services, but also selling your values and your worth and your personality and your creativity. So, you know, just really try to have a friendly, open conversation with the client. Make sure to, you know, ask them personal questions and really get to know them. And I always try to make it fun and like I'm talking with a friend. And I feel like when it's like this, it's so you know, so much easier to talk about money or anything like this because it doesn't feel like a taboo topic. Where do most of your clients come from? So all of my clients are coming from social media and mostly Instagram because I post there quite consistently and I post, you know, all of my content and they basically see my content and then they inquire on my website. But yeah, I wouldn't just rely on one platform That's why I recently also started posting on TikTok and YouTube because, yeah, I don't just want to, you know, be on one platform and always pray that this one platform will do me good because we never know. So, yeah. And speaking of Instagram, someone asked how to grow on Insta. That's also a very interesting question that I get quite a lot because just one year ago I had like 5,000 followers. Now I have like 50,000 followers, which is so crazy to think about. And of course, I know followers aren't everything and likes aren't everything. It's just a number, but it just feels cool to have a community of people, you know, supporting each other and being so nice to each other. So that's really awesome. But yeah, how do we actually grow? I think 
obviously there are these answers like you have to post consistently and you have to post unique content which duh obviously you have to do that but I think what really changed the game for me is really starting to show my face and my personality. So at the beginning of this year I had this goal that I wanted to bring more character into my social media page, into my content and into my designs. So I started posting way more about my personal life, about, you know, myself. I shared facts about myself or, you know, I did weekly recaps where I shared just random pictures of my week. And I feel like since I started doing that, I really, really started to grow and I really started also to grow the business because I got so many more clients and inquiries And then I started to think about how, you know, if I would be the client and I wanted to work with a designer and if I would go to their page and I would only see designs like mock-ups, I maybe wouldn't want to work with them as much as if I would see the face, like random funny facts about them. I would see their cat, I would see their home office, you know, because it's so much more personal and you connect instantly even more because people you know they people trust people and people want to buy from people I always say this because it's so true and yeah I can highly recommend you know bringing a lot of character and personality into your social media and showing your face show up on stories talk on your stories talk on reels just be really personal and vulnerable because people can really relate to that and that's always always the key Tell us about your balance between structured routine and having a flexible lifestyle without getting lost in the tasks. And honestly, sometimes I am still struggling with that because, I don't know, sometimes I just don't know where to draw the line. Like, when is it personal life and when is it business? Because, I don't know, my business feels like my personal life and I love what I'm doing and if I'm, you know, laying in bed at 9 p.m. and I get this incredible creativity boost and I just want to work, then I will work, you know. And other people always say like, at 5 p.m. I close my laptop and I'm done for the day, but my brain doesn't really work like this and I actually kind of enjoy it because I have so much more flexibility and freedom. I just go with whatever feels right for me and for my body. I mean, I have a structure, of course, I have a routine. I start work at 9 a.m. in the morning until 12 p.m. Then I have a lunch break um, and have my second cup of coffee of the day. And then, and then I go out and read or go for a walk. And then from like 3 to like 5 or 6, I have another working session. Then I work out. Then it's dinner time. And then, you know, I would like chill or meet with friends or, you know, have Netflix session or whatever. But if I want to work at night... And I feel like I want to then I do it like I'm not so strict about no like I shouldn't do it because I want to have a balance. I just do whatever feels right for me and I really encourage you to do the same because I actually really enjoyed how it is right now. Of course this might change. Um, I don't know maybe in the future I will stop working at 2 p.m. But right now I can't see myself doing that because it feels so much fun and I have so much passion for it. So I just really work whenever I feel like it's right. <laughs> How to get new clients? This is the number one question I get asked and I actually did another episode. I think it's the episode before this one. So make sure to listen to this as well. What I would advise you to do is start posting on social media, start posting your work, create really, really cool designs in your free time, build your portfolio or start signing up for freelance platforms. This is a very easy way to get clients fast. It's not going to be the most efficient and the most professional, but 
it can be a great start. That's actually how I started. Then you can go outside. You can actually connect with people. You can ask around. You can ask your friend if they know someone who needs branding. You can go to your local coffee shop and ask them if they need a new menu design. And then, you know, they can refer you to someone. And there are so many big opportunities for you to go out there to show your work, to connect, to get clients. And then, of course, give your client the best experience ever so they can refer you, which is always the goal. But you have to do something for it, you know. You can't sit around waiting for clients to come because it's not going to happen. So, you know, take the opportunities, go out and never, ever feel sorry for yourself if it's not working as fast as you would like it to. You are going to get the clients you want, trust me, because it happened for me as well and I really didn't believe it at first. <laughs> Which app do you use to charge international payments? I use Stripe all the time. It's so convenient. You just send a payment link and they just click and can pay. It's so easy and everybody knows Stripe. You know, it has good credibility. So yeah, I use Stripe. What's the coolest thing that happened so far in your journey? That's a very cool question. Thank you for asking. I think, of course, you know, working with the clients I'm working with. I mean, most of my clients are from the US or from Canada, which is so cool. I never imagined, you know, working with people from there. But I think what really, really showed me that what I'm doing is working is when, you know, bigger other businesses and brands would reach out to me and ask if I could do a collaboration with them because I never, you know, thought about that ever. That's just so cool. That's so amazing to have these opportunities. So I think that's really cool. But also that was so amazing. One day I was at a beach bar, you know, it was summer, I was at a beach bar, I was enjoying my time and all of a sudden there's this girl coming and she, you know, taps me on the shoulder and she's like, oh my gosh, you're Tabea, I follow you on Instagram and I just want to say I love your work, you're doing an amazing job and I was like, wait, someone actually recognizes me from Instagram, like that was such a like pinch me moment, you know, it was just so cool to see how my work is reaching so many people. Um, and people appreciate it and I appreciate those people. It's it's just, it was such a wholesome moment. And yeah, that was, that was just incredible. <laughs> How do you stay organized and focused when you are your own boss all the time? So that's a big one because at the beginning I had no organization skills, no productivity skills. You know, I come from a normal job where someone told me what to do. And now I'm like, I have to tell myself what to do. But I am loving it every single day and of course my number one tip is to use an organization tool i use notion and goodnotes goodnotes on my ipad and notion on my macbook so basically what i do every sunday is do a little reflect session and see what i did the past week if i achieved the goals if i did all the tasks that i wrote down and then i basically do the same for the next week so i sit down with my coffee in the afternoon and write down all the tasks that i need to do for the upcoming week if it's personal, if it's for the business, if it's client work, if it's for the podcast, no matter what it is, I write down every single task. And basically what I do is every morning for each day, I write down the tasks that I want to do for the day. So I have all the tasks, you know, sitting in my list for the whole week. And every day, you know, I see what can I do today? What do I want to do today? What's the biggest priority? And that's basically how I structure my week and my days. And that's working wonderful for me. I don't time block or anything because that doesn't really work for me. Because, you know, some tasks take way longer than I thought they would. But writing them down, checking them off really feels good and makes me stay on track 
track and makes me feel so productive. I think this is going to be the last question. Which sites do you use to find your packaging mock-ups or in general mock-ups? So one of my favorite websites is called unblast.com. But I also find a lot of good ones on freepig.com or recently my favorite thing to do is actually go on Behance and, you know, search for chocolate bar packaging. And believe it or not, there are so many beautiful mock-ups that you can download either for free or for like a small donation, which is really, really cool. But yeah, I think these three are the biggest ones I use the most frequently. All right, guys, these were most of the questions answered. I didn't answer all of them because I think this maybe would have been too long, but maybe I will do another episode where I answer the other ones. Thank you so much for asking me the questions. I really appreciate you and I hope that my answers inspired you or motivated you or you just liked to listen to it. Thank you so much and I will see you in the next episode.